listening to the weekly podcast of Bethel Bible Church and Pastor Mark Kirkendall. We're so glad you've joined us today. And as always, you can find more information about the church at our website, BethelBible.com. You can find us on Facebook and even follow us on Twitter at Bethel Bible. Let's join Sunday service now. And so this morning is our last week in our Summer of Psalms. And so I want to invite you to Psalm 121 uh, this morning. That's where we're going to be. It's a pretty short psalm. It's only about eight verses. And so this morning I want to read it. Then I pray for myself and all of us. And then we'll see what the Lord has in store for us today. So Psalm 121, this is how it reads. It's a song of ascents. It says, I lift my eyes to the hills. From where does my help come? My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. He will not let your foot be moved, and He keeps you will not slumber. Behold, He who keeps Israel will never slumber nor sleep. The Lord is your keeper. The Lord is your shade on your right hand. The sun shall not strike you by day nor the moon by night. But the Lord will keep you from all evil. He will keep your life. The Lord will keep your going out and your coming in from this time forth and forevermore. Let us pray. Father, this morning it is an unbelievable task to be able to stand up and to speak to myself and to your people. Lord, my feeble words would mean nothing if it was not for the power of your Spirit. And Lord, we're thankful for the truth that you have preserved, you have inspired, and you have given for us to know you and how to make it through this life with a hope of one that is eternal. And so I pray that your Spirit would lead us all this morning, that no one In this room, no one watching online is doing so by accident, that you have ordained our steps today to be here, to hear this message, and I pray that the promise would stand true, that your word has a purpose to accomplish today, and it will not return to you without accomplishing. Father, would you give us eyes to see truth this morning, ears to hear it, minds to understand it, and hearts to to believe it. Please, Lord, speak to us. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, this morning, fear is this extremely powerful and sometimes even paralyzing thing. And it's this thing that seems like we are born into it and we never escape it. When we're young, we have fears of the dark, uh, maybe of getting shots at times. Uh, I remember being little and being afraid of being alone. Um, sometimes kids have fears of dogs. I'll never forget Marcus. One time as young was scared of dogs. And if a dog showed up, he would, he would run up you like a squirrel up a tree trying to get away from the dogs. Well, we get a little bit older. School starting up. It's things like fitting in. Many of us lived in a time where maybe we feared our parents divorcing. Then that dreaded moment where you're going to ask this girl to maybe some dance or out to eat, the fear of being rejected. Then all the pressures of sports and schools and the fears that these bring. Well, then as we get older, we move into fears like, man, did I pick the right college? Is this the right path, the right career I should be in? And then we get those, and it's the fear of losing those careers, those jobs. 
Marriage brings a lot of fears. You have children, and I thought I could worry, and then God gives you children, and then you find a whole new level of fear. And there's fear around our finances and paying bills, medical or sickness fears, and even some in our body today. I know these fears are very rare. Fear seems like this thing that we're born into, and we never actually grow out of it. They just change. In fact, once I heard it said that fear keeps us focused on the past and worried about the future. And I think that is so true. So this morning, fears and anxiety are going to be described to us in a picture we have all seen, in a picture of like hills or mountains. And we all have hills. We have places that we fear, places that bring anxiety in our past, in our present, and even in our future. So this morning, I want us to show us from the Scriptures a truth to fight against fear and anxiety with. So no matter the size of the hill or the mountain we are facing that brings fear and anxiety, we can experience this. So no matter how big or small that hill might be, no matter how great the fear and anxiety is, what is waiting on the side of every hill we face is a stronger That is always for believers. That is what is waiting on the other side of every hill we face. So let's walk through this psalm. And I mentioned there in the title, you can see it. It's a song of ascents. This is a psalm that would have been recited often before someone went on a journey. Most likely, this psalm was written by a young Jewish traveler that would have been setting out on his annual journey to the city on the hill, to Jerusalem, to bring his sacrifices to the temple. So imagine a young Jewish man, all year long has been saving for this moment, to carry the funds he needs for a place to stay, for food. He's been raising animals and caring for them, to bring them to the temple for his annual sacrifice. So he loads up his donkey. He's got his little coin purse tucked away in his belt. Maybe he's got his animals are roped up or a cage for some birds. And he's finally setting out on his journey. And he gets to the edge of his territory. The place that he knows. His place of familiarity and comfort. And as he looks out over the horizon, perhaps he can finally see that city on the hill. But before him is this vast distance. Between him and his place of worship are many hills and valleys. And we might look at that and think, man, that is such a spectacular scene to see the mountains and the rolling hills and the valleys. And off in the distance, it's the temple. But this young traveler would be carrying many valuables and animals through an area that would be patrolled by thieves and robbers. Because they knew the calendar. They knew when people would be traveling. They they knew what they would be carrying. And this was a prime opportunity. The people are going to be traveling with valuable animals, even gold and silver. So this young traveler, here he stands with valuable things that he is bringing. And he's even experiencing losing those, maybe even his life. And what the psalmist wants us to understand is that these are real 
fears. And this would be a psalm that he would begin reciting to himself as he steps foot to begin the journey to the temple. Because notice how it begins. He's standing at the edge of his territory as he's looking off to the city on the hill and he says to himself, I lift up my eyes to the hills. From where does my help come? And this is such an honest and an open-ended question that this traveler is having this conversation with himself, this dangerous journey I'm about to set out on, who is going to help me? And this is a question I think we've all asked. Maybe you're even asking it today. There's some problem. There's a struggle. You're facing some situation. And we're wondering, how is this going to work out? We're asking, who is going to step in and help? And this is not an unfair question. The psalmist, he's very open about the fear that he has. And look at what he says to himself in verse 2. My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. And what he's doing, he's reminding himself as he's looking out, knowing the fear, he reminds himself his help comes from one source and he names it the Lord. So the fears come, the troubles come, the perils, the temptations, the pain. But through all of them, help comes from one source, the Lord. I mean, doesn't that sound good? I mean, isn't that the Christian thing we're supposed to say? That, okay, I don't know what's going to happen, but God is going to help me. But the psalmist wants to see that it's not only who, but the power that he brings. See, the psalmist, he wants us to see that it is also the who, but it is the power that he brings. Because notice the power that the help comes in. It says, our help comes from the one who made heaven and earth. So the truth is, we all face hills, difficult situations, places that bring incredible fear and anxiety. And I know for me, my first response is to tackle that hill myself. I will have conversations with myself that will go something like this. Okay, I'm a smart person. My mom always said that. You know, I I can figure this out. Or financial thing. Okay, I'll just try harder. I'll work harder. I'll do better at budging. I'm going to fix this thing. Or from time to time, maybe I lean on others. And and hear me about this. that I'm not saying that we should not look to other people for help. There are times that we need to ask others for help. We should. But whatever the source of help is, whether it's my intellect or my financial paralysis or uh, my, uh, my leaning on other people. No matter what other source you are leaning in to help you get over that hill, every single one of those has limitations. Whatever the source of help, there's always a limit. Eventually, we will face a hill we can't figure out. We're going to face a difficult situation that we don't have enough money to solve. We will even face a hill that even with the help and the support of other people, it will not be enough. Our kids, we raise them, we protect them, we provide for them, we help them. But we know as parents, they will soon face something that we can't help them with. 
So there's only one place we can look for help that has absolutely no limitations. Our help comes from the most powerful source there is from the Lord who made the heavens and earth. Now, if you look to verse 3, you're going to notice a change. All of a sudden, there's as if there's someone else standing there talking to our young traveler. Notice what it says in verse 3. He will not let your foot be moved. He who keeps you will not slumber. Behold, he who keeps Israel never slumber nor sleep. It's almost as if some of the traveler comes alongside him and begins telling him these verses in verse 3 and 4 of the Lord, the creator of heaven and earth. And then he reminds the traveler, yes, God will not let your foot be moved. And it is the one who keeps you will never slumbers nor sleeps. Now, if you're a parent or a grandparent, you know the exhaustion that comes from raising children. Thankful for all my children. Man, I do not want to go back to that baby stage. It is in those moments where you're sleep deprived and you're hungry and nothing is stopping. You can't catch a break and you are utterly exhausted. And you have no idea how to move one foot in front of the other to get up and do what you need to do. And we can so easily find ourselves worn out and tired and in need of rest. But the psalmist says, or the one next to the traveler reminds us, but the one who protects and brings us the help we need, he never grows tired. He never grows weary. And he never needs sleep. Meaning this, that there is never a moment in our lives that God is not working for our good. It won't always feel like it. But it is the truth. And even in those great moments of stress and frustration and anxiety, God is there with all the power of creation behind Him. And there's never the slightest moment that He is not holding or protecting us with all His might. That we never have to fear that God is not aware or paying attention or He is too tired to do something. He never needs a timeout. He never needs a break. So the person speaking then does something that's very common all throughout the Old Testament. He gets this young traveler to remember. In fact, he says he's the one that will never let your foot be moved. He'll never slumbers nor sleeps. The one who keeps Israel. He reminds the young traveler of God's protection in the past. Over his people. And I think God knows we have short memories. And we have to constantly be reminding ourselves. Of how God did something. Or how we got on the other side of that hill. And we saw God move. In fact I was just thinking this past week. It's hard to believe it's been almost six, well, six years. Even wow today. Six years ago we launched this campus. Just a few weeks before launch day, we had no idea where we were going to be meeting. And seeing how God moved in crazy circumstances to provide us a place. And then we set up a ministry model that uh, we believe that as as teachers, as elders, as pastors, we're we're called to equip the, the saints for the ministry. 
So we started using team leaders and calling people to step into ministry. But with that comes a difficulty. Team leaders move. Sometimes they move positions or they step down. And Clint and I can tell you, there have been so many times we have been in the office and even praying about, God, what are we going to do? And every single time, without exception, God has been faithful. Just yesterday, family in our, if you've been here really recently, you really wouldn't know this family, but the LaRue's, Dinah and David. Uh, David and his wife came and he'd been suffering from Alzheimer's. David passed away a couple of weeks ago from complications and was visiting with Miss Diana and she would just recount about even in the timing of his death, how she saw God's faithfulness. I mean, thinking many over the past six years that we have watched battle illnesses and even cancer. And it is so good to remember God's faithfulness, that there is never a moment where God is not working for our good. And do you know what that good is? What is waiting on the side of every hill is a stronger faith. So notice how God keeps us in describing in verse 5 and 6. The Lord is your keeper. He's reminding this young traveler, the Lord is your shade on your right hand. The sun is... It will not strike you by night nor the moon or by day nor the moon by night. And so shade is often this image of protection. So here the Lord, He's going to protect this traveler by day and by night. And I think there's a couple of meanings from this. One, I think we need to be reminded about how close God is when we need help. Even though you may not see Him, God is not setting up in some far place watching things happen through a crystal ball. He is close enough to cast a shadow of protection. But the second thing is God's protection. His help never leaves us. Day or night. And for this young traveler, he knew during the day he would be struggling in the fear of heat exhaustion. By night, he would have the fear of robbers or animals. This young traveler is being assured that what is waiting on the side of every hill he will face is a stronger and deeper and greater faith. So now let's move to these last two verses. Because these last two verses have really caused me to kind of pause and and think. Because I can get behind, okay, the Lord... That is the one that my help comes from. The one that created heavens and the earth. I mean, I can think back over my life and see God show up in big, big ways. In fact, in ways that you would go, only God can do that. And you've had those moments too. I can even believe that God brings us help with the power of creation that never needs to sleep. And He's protecting me by day and night. And man, I can easily get behind those. But verse 7, it's kind of harder for me to believe. In verse 7, this is what it says. It says, the Lord will keep you from all evil. It doesn't say some evil. He says, will keep you from all evil. He will keep your life. The Lord will keep your going out and your coming in from this day forth forevermore. 
So the Lord keeps us from all evil. I mean, that's hard for me to imagine because I think of some of the evil things that have happened either to me or the things I've seen happen to other people. I've seen spouses cheat. I've heard of business partners embezzling money. I've watched people try for no other reason than just to destroy other people's reputations. I see physical abuse. I read about emotional abuse. Too many times I've had to report sexual abuse. I've watched families bury young children. It's in those moments it is hard for me to believe that the Lord is going to keep us from all evil. Because I look around and I realize that we never wake up in a world that is free from the fall. We are never around people who have escaped the curse of sin and we see evil each and every day. So what does it mean that the Lord keeps us from all evil? Because that has to be true. So it can't mean that he keeps us from never experiencing the effects of evil because that is not a reality. So this is what I believe it means. I believe the psalmist is telling us that there is no evil that can ever get at the soul of someone that belongs to the Lord. Because when you or I are in Christ, when you've heard the gospel and you realize that Jesus is your only hope, there is nothing that can harm your soul, the part of us that lives forever. In fact, one of my favorite passages, my favorite text is John chapter 10, where it talks about Jesus being the good shepherd. And in verse 27, it describes this great picture of the Lord keeping us. He says, my sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. I give them eternal life. They will never perish, and no one will snatch them out of my hand. My Father who gave them to me is greater than all, and no one is able to snatch them out of my Father's hand. I and the Father are one. Meaning that there is not an evil in this world that can ever get at your soul if you are kept by Jesus. That Jesus is keeping and protecting the souls of his sheep. And he gave his life to do so. Meaning that Satan and sin cannot touch, cannot cut, cannot hurt, cannot cause any pain or sorrow to your soul. In fact, in the words of D.A. Carson, he says it well. He said, the Lord will keep us, maybe not our wealth or our health or our securities, but he will keep the evil one from taking our souls. Meaning if you are in Christ, there is not a hill, there is not a mountain that can destroy you. In fact, what is waiting on the side of every hill we face is a stronger faith. So this psalm, is really, I think, about having the right perspective. It's not about living a life or how to remove all fear and anxiety because that would be absolutely impossible. But he's writing to us in how we respond to those fears or anxiety. 
So here's the first thing we see. He says, lift, I lift my eyes to the hills. I mean, he's very open and honest about what he's feeling and what he's going through. Hills are real. Fear is real. Anxiety is real. And we can acknowledge that. But if we stop there, then that phrase we saw earlier is true, that fear will keep you focused on the past and only worried about the future. So we go one step further. We remind ourselves, where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord. That we face hills of all shapes and sizes and fears and anxiety, but we face them as believers with a confidence. So when you're facing a difficult day or maybe going through a difficult situation, you know what we should do? Try to remind yourself that before the Lord flung the stars into space, God already had today in mind. When you're facing a situation that you don't know what to do, you remind yourself that God is never at a loss of knowing what He's going to do. When people change, nothing of God changes. When someone you love dies, nothing of God dies. When our lives are altered by something completely unexpected, nothing of God is altered or unexpected. So the psalmist is living proof. Faith is not having all the answers. Faith is never fearing and never having anxiety. But faith is counting on the Lord when we do not know what tomorrow holds. No matter how big the hill, there is something God has planned for us. Because those hills that ultimately are meant to destroy us are the very thing that God uses to build our faith. So as difficult as a journey up those hills might be, Man, they cause fear and anxiety, and we've all felt it. But they are used by God in a way to strip away all false assurances and the things that we are trusting in that will never be enough. They always have limitations. But what is waiting on the other side of every hill we faith is a stronger faith. And we will face them. There are many more hills to come. And all of them would lead us to despair. In fact, it would really be the end of all of our stories if it wasn't for one hill in particular. Were it not for a cross that stood on a particular hill 2,000 years ago that Jesus climbed and took the greatest obstacle that humanity has ever faced, the just wrath of God because of our sins. So God did something. God sent His Son to take on our humanity. He was falsely accused of blaspheming His Father. He was arrested, put on trial before the Sanhedrin, ushered before Herod and Pilate. And when they offered up a murderer to the crowd, instead they called for the life of Jesus. He's then ridiculed, he's spit upon, he is beaten to where he is unrecognizable as a man, and he took the cross that was meant for Barabbas, and he carried it up the hill. 
the hill that all of us should have faced. And he's nailed on that cross and he's raised for everyone to watch. As the sun began to move over that hill, all of a sudden darkness covered the cross. Jesus and the crowd and God poured out his wrath on his son. And Jesus took our sin as if it was his own and he endured that for us. And in that moment, he removed the greatest obstacle humanity has ever faced so that we do not have to. Therefore, in the shadow of that cross, every hill that threatens to destroy us, to rob us of joy, or create nothing but fear and anxiety, is actually now possible to build a stronger faith. Because a decisive battle in the war against our souls happened at that cross. So no matter how big, no matter how small the hills we face, because of that hill, what is waiting on the side of every hill we face is a stronger faith. Thanks again for listening to the podcast today. We hope that you were blessed and encouraged. And if you have any questions or comments, we want you to let us know. Simply send your thoughts to questions at BethelBible.com. Thanks for spending time with us and be sure to join us next week on the Bethel Bible Podcast.